Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Friday, September 25th. S&P futures are trading flat to up about four points. That's about 10 basis points. NASDAQ futures are the same, flat to up about 10 basis points. Europe's major indices are about unchanged for the most part. Um, there is some discrepancy behind the scenes. So you're seeing pretty heavy selling in a lot of the epicenter names. So airlines, aerospace are very weak. Autos, chemicals, tech, and healthcare are also underperforming. You're seeing mild outperformance in Europe in staples, banks, insurance, telcos, and utilities. Asia was a little bit mixed overnight. You had um, upside in Japan, downside in Hong Kong and mainland China. So very little to talk about this morning. So this should be a relatively short uh, podcast. The biggest controversy on the macro front in the last 12 hours is U.S. fiscal stimulus. You had a lot of um, inappropriately um, hopeful remarks yesterday on the tape from Mnuchin and Pelosi. A lot of articles in the afternoon talking about how talks are being resumed regarding fiscal stimulus. Um, you know, again, I think people need to just take a step back and and look at the two key principles of this entire process are Pelosi and McConnell. The biggest stumbling block in this entire process for weeks has been those two. Pelosi is still north of $2 trillion. McConnell is still down in the mid to low hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, I, you know, McConnell, I think, th- uh, views a very large stimulus bill at this point in time as being politically negative for Senate Republicans. And Pelosi is not going to provide any type of um, fiscal assistance to Republicans without extracting some type of political price. Thus, the you know the enormous gap between the two of them. So, the House Democrats are going to be passing another bill um, that's north of two trillion dollars. Again, I think this is dead on arrival among Senate Republicans. I don't see any hope in reconciling that gap before the election. So, you know, I think people, um, you know, to the extent you see any more of these hopeful headlines about fiscal stimulus, just keep that in mind. It has to do with McConnell and Pelosi. The White House is almost irrelevant. I don't even know why Mnuchin and Pelosi are talking unless Mnuchin is speaking on behalf of McConnell. It doesn't seem like that's the case. Um, I do think, though, that after the election, you you know, it's very probable you will probably see additional fiscal stimulus. It's just an issue of for the next month or so. Um, it's very unlikely. So that's kind of the only major real macro theme. There's no eco data to talk about. There's no real central bank headlines to talk about. No major company specific news to talk about. Um, a lot of the big kind of uh, buckets of news are very similar to where they stood at the close yesterday. So just kind of running through them all very quickly. Um, election logistics. This was a huge concern on Wednesday. Um, it, it calmed a little bit yesterday. Again, this has to do with when markets will find out the winner of the election. Um, you know, there's been a lot of very dire articles written, um, in particular, the cover of The Atlantic uh, is, is, you know, lays out some very pessimistic scenarios. You know, there certainly are risks about this, uh, this particular election and the process dragging on for weeks and weeks. Um, I do, though, think that some of the concerns are a little bit overstated. I think we're probably going to know either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning who what the outcome of the election is. Um, and there were a lot of kind of calming articles written um, in the last 12 hours just discussing this. I have links to all of them. Um, so again, I'm not terribly concerned about the election logistics. I do, though, think the, you know, the outcome of the election, though, um, again, it's not, I don't see any scenario that's necessarily particularly bullish. On the one hand, you have Biden's tax risks. On the other hand, you have Trump's trade risks. Um, so I think it's more kind of just looking at, uh, again, the, the outcome of the election more so than the logistics of the election. Um, no big shifts in the poll numbers. You know, it's, it's relatively consistent. Uh, Biden is still up high single digits nationally. He's still up about three to four points within battlegrounds. Um, Trump has uh, received some decent news in Florida this week. 
Florida is a must-win state for him. There have been a couple of polls, including Quinnipiac and Fox, that have Biden up small in Ohio. I don't even think many people have Ohio as really um, a battleground state. You know, I know the polls have been close, and it used to be a very important battleground state, but it has not been um, for the last, at least in 2016. If Biden is going to win Ohio, then it's 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 nearly guaranteed that he will win um, the election. So again, if if those Ohio polls continue to shift in Biden's favor. Um, you know, that's that's very bullish for him, just given Ohio um, normally is a very accurate barometer for the overall country. Um, on the uh, Supreme Court, we should be getting Trump's selection in the next 24 hours. He said it's due out Saturday morning. Um, you know, he could let it slip uh, today at some point in time. He will have several different um, political events today, so he'll be speaking a lot Um you know, Amy Coney Barrett looks like she is still the front runner, according to a variety of different media reports. But um, the other individual, Barbara Lagoa, you know, is certainly in contention as well, just given there are a lot of political implications with her and the state of Florida, which is crucial uh, for Trump to win if he's going to have a second term. On the healthcare front, uh, Trump made his big speech last night about his big healthcare policy plan. Um, you know, nothing to say on that. There was no plan. On COVID, you still have case numbers rising in Europe and the US. Again, you still are, you have politicians that are avoiding wholesale lockdowns. Um, on the vaccine front, you had another. So Novavax is now in phase threes in the UK. Um, you know, they are, they are trying to take advantage of the increase in case figures in the UK. So the one mo- small upside about higher cases is that it should help accelerate the trials to an extent just because trials require. Um, you know, COVID circulating in the population to to test efficacy and safety. So Novavax is, is going to launch in the UK phase three, just to kind of take advantage of their increase in case figures. They still plan to be in phase three in the US by the middle of October. Um, remember, there are four candidates now currently in US phase four trials, Moderna, Pfizer, Astra, and Johnson Johnson. The Astra trial remains on pause in the US. We're still waiting to hear when that will come off pause. Um, again, most people assume that by the end of October, you will hear from um, probably Pfizer first and then possibly Moderna that their vaccines are safe and effective. Um, there's been a lot of noise about the FDA approval process. You know, again, I think investors can kind of cut through all that um, nonsense. There certainly is a, a lot. It's been very politicized. Um, but I think investors will make the determination based on the underlying data. And I think, uh, I think the population will as well too. They'll, they'll be looking at the underlying data, um, to determine whether or not they're going to rush out and take this, um, on monetary policy, no thing really all that incremental to say on that front. Um, and those are really the biggest kind of pieces of news for today. Um, there was one article on Bloomberg just talking about the composition possible composition of Biden's cabinet. So I think this will become, you know, a bigger area of focus as we get closer to the election. Um, you know, I think a big concern for markets was, you know, Elizabeth Warren and the role she could possibly play in a, in a Biden uh, cabinet. Bloomberg says that um, Lael Brainerd at the Fed is the lead candidate to be Biden's Treasury Secretary. Remember, she was also one of the top contenders to be Clinton's Secretary, uh, Treasury Secretary back in 2016. So I think to the extent Warren um, is not going to be in a position like Treasury Secretary, certainly, I think, going to relieve some anxiety about uh, a Biden presidency. Um, again, like I said before, nothing all that um, substantial to say about company-specific news. Electrolux in Europe did reinstate their dividends. So that's, you know, you've had a lot of examples of companies that have suspended capital return because of the pandemic, have have reintroduced them either buybacks and or dividends. So Electrolux is the latest. 
Um, the calendar today is very sparse. You just have U.S. durable goods, a couple of Fed speakers, and that's it. Like I said before, Trump will be having a variety of different um, political events in a variety of different states all throughout the day and into tonight. Um, and then just quickly looking into next week, you have you know the first debate Tuesday night is going to be a huge event. Um, you have you're going to get a lot of October economic data, including the U.S. jobs report on Friday. That's the last jobs report before the election. You have an Alibaba analyst meeting and you have a couple of earnings reports. Micron is Tuesday after the close. And then you have Pepsi Thursday morning. And that is essentially everything for today. I published um, our latest views on the market in the in the most recent bull versus bear conversation that's up on the website. And there's a link to it in the piece today. And thank you everyone for listening.